What are the things that make people want to follow you, right? Like you're gracious. You're humble. You ask forgiveness. You recognize when you need to forgive. Those are the things that make a leader. Those are the things that make people want to follow you. And those are the things that made Jesus who he was. Welcome to She Leads. I'm your host, Thea, and I'm so glad that you joined us today. She Leads is a podcast where we talk about faith, leadership, and relationships from a woman's perspective. And today, I'm so glad to welcome back Kimberly Carney, who will be uh, talking with us about some women who have been leading you. Um, give us a short bio, and then I also want you to introduce how, what is our connection? Oh, yeah. Um, how, are, how are you here today? Absolutely. Uh, my name is Reverend Kimberly Carney, and I am an elder in full connection in the United Methodist Church, serving in the Texas Annual Conference. Uh, my current appointment is at Fairwood United Methodist Church in Tyler, Texas. Uh, Thea and I met last spring of 2022 at something called The Gathering um, that clergy in this annual conference get together for. It is a time of rest and renewal and fun and all of those things. And we actually got paired together as as bunkmates, I think, Mm -hmm. um, is where we were. And um, we met each other and kind of hit it off and talked about where we are in ministry. And she was serving at a place near where my first appointment was. And that was February of 2022, I think. And Mm -hmm. Here we are in May of 2023, and she said to me last May at annual conference, I think I want to do a podcast. Will you do it with me? And I was like, I like to talk. Sure. (laughs) Um, I was like, oh, absolutely. And and here we are a year later, you know, dropping episodes like crazy. So uh, I'm so glad to call you clergy sister. And thank you. I am so glad to call you fellow ordained elder in the United Methodist Church. Um, Congratulations to that. So thanks for having me. Yeah. Thanks. Thank you for being here. Let's jump in. And today I want to talk a little bit about the leaders that have influenced you in your journey. Mm. Who are some of those people and how are you still applying some of those, uh, those skills and things that you learned from them today? Absolutely. So I, I, I find leaders in many different areas of my life. Sometimes I find them in, you know, even books and television shows and like, cause these are characters that these people have put together and honed and like, I was, gosh, yes, I would, I would love to be kind of like that. And then I have those people in my life who, who I truly look up to and I want to be like that. So first and foremost, I mean, my mother, right? I mean, I was gifted with an incredible mother. If I could be half the mom and half the businesswoman and, and half of everything that she is, I will be so incredibly lucky to do that. Um, I, my grandmother was a force to be reckoned with, you know, um, born right at, at the height, right before the depression, I think in October, like three days mm-hmm. after the crash. And, you know, what she went through and, you know, the stories she told or, or things that I just think to myself, wow, I, I come from good stock, you mm-hmm. know, so the more I know about that, the better. Um, but also I have had some females in my life who have really just guided me along the way. You know, one of those, uh, her name is Julie Eaton. She was a youth director of mine growing up who just would have those conversations with me that I would need to have. And, you know, to this day still follows me on, on Facebook and, Mm. you know, is a very strong Christian and, you know, was just had a great, a great role in my life. But, um, probably Reverend Sheree Parker, um, Reverend Sheree Parker, she 
was as a third grader going to church for the first time. I remember she was in that pulpit every single Sunday. And I remember when she moved from our associate pastor to our senior pastor, and she was the first female to be at that size church in like the Southeastern jurisdiction or something like that. It was incredible. And, you know, watching her and, you know, learning from her and just standing in her shadows and, you know, even still today, you know, she still serves and it's, it's incredible. It's incredible. And then, um, I jokingly say, you know, uh, Carrie Bradshaw from sex in the city. Like, you know, if I could have her, you know, her wit and her wisdom Mm -hmm. and her, you know, wardrobe would be awesome as well. But, you know, and then also, you know, Lorelai Gilmore from, you know, Gilmore girls, just, you know, just seeing how they interact in the world and, and how they put up with all these different characters in their lives and, and how they make their own way and how they literally do not need, they don't need a man, but their support system of females is mm-hmm. so important to them. And they're not perfect. None of these people are. Mm-hmm. But I think they they have lives that I, I, would, I would love to look back and say, gosh, if I could, that's incredible. Yeah. yeah. I love that. I love that you brought in, you know, people you don't know in real life Mm -hmm. or that even don't exist. These characters, um, I've shared before, you know, this podcast was inspired by my love of podcasts and a lack of a female voice in the leadership realm, but also by some comedians who Mm -hmm. I think have fantastic podcasts who just sit around and talk about real stuff in interesting and entertaining ways. Um, Nate Bargatze with Nate Land is my all time favorite. And then we share also John Christ. Mm -hmm. Um, he gets really real in his podcast podcast in a, in a very unique way. Um, but actually I thought the same when I thought of oh, a character, uh, the, the character Jerry Seinfeld plays in Seinfeld yes. as a leader, because, um, I know he's a writer on that show and he is not the funniest character. No, <laughs> He's no. got a couple one liners. He's got some good stuff, but the way he pours into the development of Elaine, George and Kramer, I mean, it's just such, I've actually used it in a sermon one time. I was like, Mm -hmm. this is a servant leader Mm -hmm. because he could have made that show where he was the star. It was based on his comedy. Mm -hmm. He co-wrote that, right? And, but yet he chose to pour the funniest, most um, hilarious and and, and genuine and and interesting things into these other people in his life. And I could, you know, can kind of, yeah, I want to be like that. I want to be remembered like that. Like I think of like Shonda Rhimes who wrote the Bridgerton series and, you Mm. know, how to get away with murder. And I think even Grey's Anatomy and Mm. all of these shows that, that kind of revolve around these really strong female characters yet also put them in the background. Mm. And I think sometimes people think that being a leader means you have to be the one in front that is that. not what that means. Being a leader yes. means empowering people to live into what God has called them to be and who yes. God has called them to be. And yes. sometimes that means sitting in the corner of a room and not saying a thing. Yes. Not saying a thing. Yes. And I think sometimes we forget that as leaders, you know. Um, you know, I just I think that sometimes I have to remind myself being a good leader does not mean like you may have the idea but you may not get recognized for the idea. Yeah. Yeah. But if you put the right people in place to fill out that idea, gosh, like that's, I mean, being a leader means, means leading people to be leaders after you're gone. Right. Right. I would argue. Yeah. And inviting people in, making space saying you come and be a part of this 
my, I can still remember my very best day in children's ministry, um, was we were having a volunteer training to kick off the year and I stood in the back and did nothing. Mm -hmm. My leaders were leading Mm -hmm. one another. They were sharing what they had learned, what had helped them, why they were doing this thing. And I stood in the back and as I led other family ministry teams, I said, the best day for you is the day you're standing in the back. Mm -hmm. And these folks have taken ownership. Mm -hmm. This is their ministry Mm -hmm. and you are there to guide and support and to help set a vision, but it's these people who are doing it. Yeah, it's interesting you say that because a lot of times, you know, in, in the church world, especially as leaders, you have pastors that come in and they do great things and they pour into this congregation and they grow the congregation and they start all these vital ministries, but then they retire mm-hmm. or they go on. And and that congregation is kind of left without, without, without a map, so yes. to speak, because it was so wrapped up in this one person. And it's not because that they weren't a leader. It's, it's not that they were bad. It's not that. It's just that when you put everything into one person that's not God or Jesus, yeah. it's, it, it, it's imperfect, right? It's, mm-hmm. it's imperfect. And so mm-hmm. I, I had a similar situation last December where I had to be out of the pulpit for a few weeks on end because of a family situation. And I remember thinking to myself, I, I, I could not prepare. Mm-hmm. I could not plan. I, I could not give them anything. I was not in a place to, to be their pastor. I was mm-hmm. not in a place to be their shepherd. And they did it. And I came back in January and was just amazed, just Mm -hmm. amazed at what faithful people who love their church can do. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that is when I realized I have leaders. Mm -hmm. I have leaders in this congregation. I have leaders surrounding me. And I can say to them, this is my thought process on this, but you go do what you think is right. And it'll get taken care of. And the hardest thing for me is realizing just because it wasn't done the way I would have done it. Come on. Doesn't mean it wasn't good. And yes. so it's that is so hard for me yeah. to be like it is okay to be the silent leader who empowers people and then be okay in it not going the way you thought it should have gone. Right. Gosh, right. that's 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 the hard that's the learning curve, right? Yeah, for sure. So talking about today, so I think sometimes what can happen, especially for pastors, you get into a, a senior or solo pastor role, or you kind of get there and you think, all right, I was led here, but now I'm the leader. But who is leading you today? Who are you looking to? Who are you following? Who are you still learning from? Who are you inviting and allowing to lead you today in your in your current reality? So I think I'm, I'm looking to what we in the United Methodist Church call the laity, um, I'm looking at those people who are not called, who, who are definitely called to ministry, but not called to full-time professional ministry in the pulpit. But these are people that I, they have so much more wisdom than I do. You know, a year ago, I left a community that I had built for seven years. I left a church that I had known for seven years. I left a staff where they did exactly, like we worked well together. We know who they were. You know, my entire life was uprooted to go to a new place. And I was prepared to do the same thing I'd done at previous churches. And that was, you know, get to know the people, preach a decent sermon, love on them, go visit them. And my world was turned upside down in Mm. in so many ways in my first six months at that appointment that literally the blueprint that I had went out the window, went out the window. And I immediately had to trust and lean on lay people who knew that area, who knew the people of that area, 
and and who knew how to be good United Methodist Christians because mm. they'd been doing it longer than I've been alive. Yeah. And really learning from them and gleaning from them how they had done church before, how they had grown and learned from church being done with and around them for so long, and seeing how we take that and do it today. Mm-hmm. And how I, as the shepherd, you know, their leader, if you will, can support them and empower them in doing that. And and really just helping, you know, how do I order this? Okay. And then really stepping in and saying, maybe we need to wait on that. Or when things get too anxious and, and too out of control yeah. and I feel out of control, letting them lead me in ways that I never could have seen it done before. Mm. And realizing that being a leader doesn't mean you have to do everything by yourself all the time. Yeah. All the time. Yeah. I would argue that's not a leader. Yeah. That's a solo. That's an individual. That's a lone wolf. Mm -hmm. That's not a leader at all. I, you know, I I remember uh, it was in my, it was in a group we had to talk about what define leadership. What is a leader? And there was all these, you know, smart, intelligent, innovative. And I said, people are following. (laughs) You're not a leader if no one's following you, Mm -hmm. if no one's getting on board, if there's not a team or a a group who's willing to listen and learn and and go where you're going. And Mm -hmm. otherwise, you're just a smart person out there doing it on your own. Yeah. That's not a leader. There has to be other people. Yeah. And when you think of it that way, like, what are the things that make people want to follow you? Right. Like, you're gracious. You're humble. You ask forgiveness. You recognize Mm. when you need to forgive. Those are the things that make a leader. Those are the things that make people want to follow you. And those are the things that made Jesus who he was. Mm -hmm. It wasn't that he was necessarily nice all the time. It wasn't that he always had the answer, even though he did. The whole divinity God thing Mm -hmm. made him, you know. But it wasn't that he always knew what to do, and it's not... I mean, it's not that that he didn't have to put up with resistance. It's it's that he did it in a way that made people realize yeah. that he was not better than them, even though he was. Right. Yeah. I, I, I preached last Sunday, you know, I cannot believe in a God that needs me, mm. some sort of weak, needy, dependent being. And yet I follow a Jesus who calls me. <gasps> and who wants you. Yes. 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 Jesus didn't need those 12 and 15 and however many there actually were following him around, just causing more problems, always asking, when are we going to get something to eat? Mm-hmm. You know, but he calls them so they can get a closer look mm-hmm. so that they can learn. Right. Because mm-hmm. he knew that my real goal is to set you out, is mm-hmm. to set you on fire so that you'll go and take this truth and you'll go and multiply and build these other leaders, yes. right? That you'll yes. go and do that. Because um, I'm here temporarily. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but you, in living on through you and your legacy, this is this is the eternal, mm-hmm. the eternal being. Absolutely, absolutely. What are you still hoping to learn? Um, what, what are some leadership skills or experiences that you're hoping for in, in your future? So I, I am one of those people who, who thinks of the other, 
a lot. Um, I, I have a new associate pastor. Um, she is not new to being a pastor. She is new at Fairwood, and, and I am new to being a senior pastor and having an associate, is, mm-hmm. is what I mean by that. She actually has more years. She has 12 years experience being a senior solo pastor in East Texas. You know, I'm coming up on my 10th year of being a mm-hmm. pastor, and while, you know, a, a, a pastor fully, you know, appointed, <clears throat> excuse me, and... Um, I am hoping to learn how to be the type of leader that people want to work with, that people want to come alongside, that people that that helps other people feel like an equal in realizing that it can just be a title. Um, and that and so that I think that's one of the things that that I am learning that and also realizing, okay, now, now, going from being a senior solo pastor where you literally do everything, right, to being the type of pastor that, that manages and, and pours into other people so that, you know, as the church gets bigger and you have to hire a new staff and, and, and saying things like, okay, how can I help you? Like, you've got this coming up. What can I do for you? And, and one of those things with, you know, just, just an example is, you know, I have an associate, Reverend Susan Smith. She's incredible. If you've not met her, I need to introduce you to her. She is one of those people who, um, you know, when one of the dynamics that I see that's very different is we have children's time during service. It it will always be a non-negotiable. I want the children to know that they are welcome. They are wanted, that they, they have a place in the worship service now, not Mm -hmm. just when they are older and can sit still. Right. Um, and listen. And so during children's time, I was talking to her and I was like, I was like, why is it that when you do children's time, Susan, they're right there with you? Like they look at you, you you speak with them. They're not moving around. They're not hanging on the altar. They're not doing all these other things. They are, they are right there with you. And and when I do it, it's like it, it's like a circus. It's like it's like it is chaos, right? And and it's beautiful chaos, and it's loving chaos, and and it's it's incredible chaos, holy chaos, if you right. will. But. You know, why is it that, 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 that with you, you've got them right there and they're listening to you and they're not talking out of turn, you know, all that stuff. And she said, well, that's because, one, I'm the age of a grandma mm. and, and they, they see me as that. Mm-hmm. They see you as the fun aunt. Yeah. Right? Like yeah. you get them all hopped up and you teach them all kinds of crazy things and you give them confetti cannons and then you send them home. Yeah. Right? Right? Whereas like, you know, my, and, and, and when I explain that to people, that is not a dig at all. Mm-hmm. That is just who we are. Yeah. But together, yeah. we make a really great team. Yeah. We make a really great team. And, and so in learning how to manage a team, yet also remain a member of the team. Yes is really what I'm trying to learn to do. Yeah. And and standing back and thinking and saying to myself, I am so confident in my team that I as a leader now can leave for two and a half weeks and know that everything is taken care of. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that is a great gift. Yes. That is a great gift because that means that I'm going to be able to maintain and continue what God has called me to do for a long time without getting burnt out. I love what you said to to lead a team and remain on the team. I think mm-hmm. that is so key. And I find myself sometimes leading meetings and I tend to try and start with some sort of 
connectional, relational conversation. Because just because people go to the same church does not mean they know each other. And even if they think they do, right, let's actually bring some deeper conversation and model authentic connection. And I'll find myself asking that question and not wanting to go first, not wanting to like set an example because I know I am the leader. So, hey, you you jump in and whatever you got, that, that's good enough. And then um, being so set on my agenda, I'm like, okay, everybody shared. Great. Let's move on. Yeah. I don't share. Mm-hmm. And I think, what have I just done? I've asked these folks to be honest and real and vulnerable and to do something hard. And then I said, oh, not me. Mm-hmm. Right. And so that idea of like, I'm, yes, I'm leading the team. It's my responsibility that we get to the goals that we've set, but I'm on the team. It's funny that you said that. It just reminded me. So, um, so last uh, last month, we we take communion in my context. We take communion once a month, which many United Methodist churches do. The first month of the first Sunday of the month, you're taking communion, and that's what you're doing. And and last last month, uh, Reverend Susan Susan did the liturgy, and she presided at the table, and I got to step back and. And, and see that. And sometimes as pastors, we never get to participate because we're always doing. And she had so keenly lined up, you know, two young people to serve with two older members of our of our church. And we had two stations. And, and she after she presided, she and I made sure that they had everything they needed. And then the two of us got to walk to the back yes. and, and participate in communion the same way our congregants do. And afterwards, I looked at her and I said, so many times I forget to take communion. Mm. And I think to myself, what if, what if we taught our pastors and our leaders that it is okay for you to be a participant in the thing that you love to lead? Wow. That is okay. Mm Mm-hmm. Because in participating, I got to experience the first time in that congregation what my parishioners go through, where they stand, where they walk, what they see, how they see it, who they see. And it was such a special moment, you know, to walk up and have this young person say, this is the body of Christ broken for you. This is the blood of Christ poured out for you. And say, thanks be to God and kneel at the altar and not have to worry, did they have enough bread? Are we running out of cups? Are we, you know, can people get up? Who is it that I need to serve in their seat? Like, is the music going to run out? It it just, it was so incredible. So incredible. And I think sometimes as leaders, we forget to participate in the incredibleness of what we've helped build. I can't help but think of all of the people who get into children ministry because they love kids and they're in it and they're gung-ho. So you're like, yes, yes, please. Will you lead a team? Will you? And next thing you know, they've administered themselves right out of it. Yes. Right? I mean, I think teachers and principals would say the same. I got into education because I love kids. And now I never, I don't see a kid ever. Yeah. Right. Because I'm way out here. Yes. And so I love that, like re- almost requiring, hey, a part of your leadership role is to stay invested in this thing that you love. Mm-hmm. This thing that you were showing up for so willingly. Yeah. You know, that the reason why you're willing to help lead the other volunteers is because you know it's important, but you have to stay volunteering. Yes. In the thing, not volunteering to organize the volunteers. Yes. In it. Like yes. That's, that's, that's wild. That's wild. And when you think about that, like I think about my sister who, who got the degrees, who was an admin for a year, who was incredibly gifted at that. She is incredibly gifted at being an, an admin in the school system. But wow, is she a great teacher. Mm. She is incredible. 
Mm-hmm. And so she went back to the classroom this year and, and many people would say, why would you do that? And she was like, cause I wasn't happy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I wasn't happy. Mm-hmm. And you look at like the statistics and how many of her kids passed the test and, and, and what they're asking her to do now in teaching biology. And I go to her and I see what she does as a teacher every day. And I think to myself, Lord have mercy. Mm-hmm. I would be in jail <laughs> by the end of the day if I was expected to like yeah. run that every day. Right. Mm-hmm. But that is her gift and that is yeah. her calling. And I'm, gosh, it, she just brings me yeah. so much pride and joy when I, when I see her doing what she loves to do mm-hmm. and how she does it. And, and I think to myself, you know, as leaders in the church, especially, we admit, as you said, administrate ourselves out mm-hmm. of, you know, doing that. And eventually we become, you know, we go from being a children's director or a youth director to being full-time on staff, to being a pastor, to being a, an associate, to being a, sol- a senior solo pastor. And then mm-hmm. you become a pastor of a bigger church over staff. And then you become you know, the preaching pastor or the leading pastor or the executive pastor. And then, my gosh, you become a district superintendent and a bishop. And it's like, oh, my gosh, if we did that as Christians, we would eventually try to make ourselves God. Mm. Yeah. And maybe that's not what we're gifted at. Mm. Maybe it's okay to stay where we're filled and where we love and where we can fill other people. Mm-hmm. And I think in a society, sometimes we take our leaders and we immediately make them a CEO because they've checked off all the checkboxes, but maybe that is not where their gifts and graces are. Mm -hmm. And they get burnt out and they do things that, you know, that, that, that make them fall from grace and they can no longer be the leader because we have put them somewhere that, that, that where they don't need to be. Yeah. And then when they step back down, we think to ourselves, but wait, that's where you were. Mm Mm-hmm. And then we realize, we, we almost look at them and say, you want to choose happiness and less money over that? Prestige, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, you're back where you were happy. Yeah, where God called you to Designed be. to yeah. be. Yeah. yeah. So what would be your next step advice for a leader who needs to be led and is recognizing that? Um, what step does a leader take to, to, to be led? Um, I would say spend time, um, find a way where you can do that part time, Mm -hmm. see if you really want to do it. Mm -hmm. Um, make sure that you really want to do it. Surround yourself with people who can give you great advice on how to do it. Um, I'm a huge proponent for a coach and a mentor always will be, I haven't always been, Mm -hmm. um, but it, it helped me tremendously. And I think also, it d- define the type of leader you want to be. Mm-hmm. If you want to be a servant leader, you got to learn how to serve. Mm-hmm. And you got to learn how to be served. Yeah. If you want to be a leader in finance, you got to learn how to do finance, right? If you want to be a leader of children, you got to learn how to be a child. Mm-hmm. You got to learn how that is. And, and really to be a leader, you have to be willing to put yourself at the bottom of the totem pole because how can you effectively lead somebody from the top if you've never been where they are? So if you're going to lead Christians, you better be a Christian. Come on. Um, If you're going to lead Methodists, United ones, you got to be a United one, right? Um, And and you got to know what that means. Mm -hmm. And and if you're going to be a leader of Jesus followers, you got to follow Jesus. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you can't think that you can lead something that you're not. Yeah. Yeah. You can't lead something that you're not. Yeah. Because you're not... Because you're not going to do it well. Right. I say, if you want to make disciples, you got to be one. You got to be one. You got to be one. You got to be a disciple. 
Kimberly, thank you so much for your wisdom and your words. This has been a great joy. If people want to connect with you, learn more, uh, where can they find you? So they can find me on Facebook and Instagram. They can also find me on TikTok if they really want to. If you want to, you want to see so this, super this, cool. this preacher dance to the, <laughs> the newest the newest forms of, of, you know, TikTok viral crazes. You can find me on TikTok on at PreachPreacher52. And you can find me on Facebook and Instagram. And then Fairwood United Methodist Church is where you're going to find me, uh, my, my church on Facebook. It's um, fairwoodumctyler.com. Um, and then Fairwood UMC Tyler on Facebook. And so you'll be able to, to find us there. And so maybe one day I'll, you know, speak into existence, a, you know, vlog or a podcast or something fun like yeah. that. But if, if not, I'm totally fine coming alongside people like you and, awesome. and helping you out. So thank, thank you, you so very much. much for having me. I You're appreciate welcome. it. It was thank- a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of She Leads. I'd love to hear your thoughts, your comments. Uh, who is leading you and where are you looking to uh, rejoin the teams that you are leading. I think this is a very interesting uh, comment and I'm, I'm really interested to hear your, your thoughts as well. Send me your feedback to sheleadscomments at gmail.com and we'll see you next time. Thanks. She Leads is produced by me, Thea Curry-Fusen, recorded and edited by Pearland Podcast Studios. All thoughts and expressions shared by the guests are theirs and not the organizations they're affiliated with. Thanks for tuning in. Check us out next week to continue the conversation on She Leads.